0: Hi everyone this is Cage Side News and my name is Kyla Coop and guys this is podcast number three and I'm super excited I have a very special guest who was actually here with me live she is a really good friend of mine and her name is Melissa Mann so Melissa Welcome!
1: Hi Kala, how are you?
0: I am doing awesome. So we've got our Starbucks. Yes we do. And we've just had our
1: snacks and we are ready to roll. Yes, I'm very excited to be here with you doing this podcast and yes uh, got lots to talk about. We
0: do. So um, we were talking earlier about how we started watching the UFC. So Mm -hmm. how
1: did you, when and how did you start watching the UFC? Well i I think it was probably around 2007 and I started watching it because I worked with a bunch of guys who all were big fans of the UFC and I wanted to be I wanted them to see that I was a cool chick and you know <laughs> yeah. hang out with them a little bit more so I started watching some of the fights with them and at first mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure what I got myself into but a few fights later I really got into it and actually mm-hmm. became a big fan and awesome. Yeah. And then since then, I've just been watching it all as much as I can, for sure. Awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah. For me, I think it was about 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. And I had to watch it. It was kind of for, I don't want to really want to say where he works, but it was kind of for his work where we had to watch it through this live streaming device. And I remember when he came home and he's like, Okay, so this project I'm working on, we have to watch the UFC And this is events. your husband that you're talking about, right? Yeah, my right? husband. Okay, yeah. yeah. My husband. And, <laughs> and I was like, I, was, I remember I was mad. I'm like, what? And I didn't, I didn't know a lot mm-hmm. about the UFC. I just knew that it was fighting. people fighting. And I was so mad. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this. And it was the same thing as you, where after a couple events, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I kind of like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of like it.
1: Yeah. There's something about watching people in a ring who've trained and trained and trained. It's like the pinnacle peak of their physicality and their, their training and they're just in the ring and it's just the two of them. Exactly. They just have to battle it out. And I know for me, a lot of it is partially to do with how they, their mindset. I'm always very fascinated about how they prepare and Mm -hmm. how they, um, You know, and you can tell the guys who have a really good coaching team versus the guys who maybe don't. Yeah. um, Because there's a big difference in mentality. but I I find that part really fascinating. And watching just the the wills against each other in the Mm -hmm. the ring. Sometimes, you know, we were talking earlier, um, some of the fights can be a little boring when the guys are just going for points as opposed to bringing their heart and soul to the ring and just no matter what fighting it out and those are the fights that i really really love
0: that's i think one of the things i like about watching the ufc though is that you know you can have you know three fights in a row where they're all finished in the first round Mm -hmm. and then you can have fights where they go the full three or five rounds so you never know what's going to happen it's a mixed bag like some fights you know it's done in 30 seconds some fights it's the third round you just Mm -hmm. never know and it's kind of cool too i remember when i first started watching and it's i still sometimes do that where i'm watching a fight and i'm like oh my god oh my god it's over because you see the guy who's been rocked or the woman and they've been rocked and i'd be like oh it's over and then i'm like oh wait they're still fighting yeah
1: you know and it's like now the ones that like, keep going and they they regroup yeah, themselves and, and get up and you're like how on earth did they just survive that exactly punch or kick or whatever it is yeah it's yeah. Been amazing yeah. it's
0: always amazing when you see them survive and you think man if i had one of those punches i'd be gone yes. i'd probably be
1: dead never, <laughs> never mind i don't think any of us regular humans could probably no. understand any of the stuff that happens in those rings but exactly um, but that's why they're trained professionals and that's right yes that's right
0: yeah. and actually you and i met because of the ufc so you know now that we're friends on
1: facebook which means that we're (laughs) real friends we're we're friends outside of facebook too but yes yeah it's official now we're we're like friend friends yeah if
0: it's not a facebook it's not official exactly right um so we do have some friends in common but i don't know if we would have necessarily
1: met if it wasn't for the ufc no i don't think so and it was I, I'm sure for you as well but for me um so it was when UFC 131 and uh I had bought tickets to go see the fights and the night before I, wa- I, fo- I actually was following mm-hmm. UFC on Facebook and I saw the night before at about 10 I think it was like ten fifteen. Oh, 15 at night. Oh UFC 174. Oh sorry UFC 174. Did I say UFC 131? <laughs> yeah. Which one? Yeah sorry it was UFC 174 that you and I met. I've yeah. been to UFC 131. Yeah. Getting all confused. Um, <laughs> So anyways, that night before, at 10.15, roughly, they posted that, you know, Demetrius Johnson, Roy McDonald, and Tyrone Woodley were going to be at this pub bar called The Red Card, which was, mm-hmm. like, literally right beside my house. And part of me was like, oh, do I really want to go? It's probably going to be crazy and busy, and I'm working that day, but I decided mm-hmm. to go anyways. And what was really hilarious when I first got there, and I think I got there just before you did... I was the only girl when I walked into the bar. Crazy. And there was all guys. It was like, a, like I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it was like a meat fest. It was just <laughs> men everywhere. And, and I think by the end of the night, there was just myself and you and I think two or three other women. And... So it was very interesting to be one of the only women in a bar full of men who are there to see the UFC fighters. And... It was crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was so glad I went because we, I think I saw it the night before as well and I believe it was on the province that I saw it and mm-hmm. I told my husband, I'm like, Sean, I'm like, it's really close to where we live I'm like, we gotta go. Yes. So we went as well and he actually had called up one of his friends mm-hmm. who he worked with and he Met us there later on. Right. Um, we got there early as well because we thought it was going to be absolutely
1: packed, and it was. It was. It was. It was. Very busy for how small the place is. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. But it was an amazing night, and actually, something really crazy happen with you and flyweight champ Demetrius Johnson. That
1: is correct, yes. So what happened? Well, uh, your husband and his friend were actually standing behind me in line as we were waiting, so for those of you who weren't there and don't know what happened, it was a meet and greet with these three fighters. And this place is really tiny, so I'm standing in line and my turn came to meet Demetrius Johnson. Now, just for perspective here, I'm five foot eleven and I weigh... I'll just say over 300 pounds. I carry my weight well, but I'm not like crazy, but I'm, I'm a larger lady. And Demetrius Johnson, as most of you know, is a flyweight. So he's very tiny. In fact, he's the shortest fighter in the UFC at five foot three. So I stand up beside him. He introduces himself and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he goes to reach for his UFC belt because that's what everybody else is doing. They just mm-hmm. stand beside him with the belt on their shoulder. And I looked at him. I said, actually, I have a different idea. And it just came to me in that moment while I was standing there. I'm like, I don't want to just have a basic photo of him and I with the belt. So I looked at him and I said, I have an idea. And he goes, okay, what? And so I said, well, since you're literally half my size, would you mind if I picked you up and took a photo that way? And he stops for a minute and he looks up at me and he's pondering and he's like, Sure, why not? <laughs> now, for you were there, Kyla, so I you saw there. this happen. But literally, this place is full of about 250 people and it's just yeah. packed. Like, you it cannot move. Mostly guys, like we said. So I hand my camera to the person that was helping out, and mm-hmm. Tyrone Woodley and Rory McDonald are standing like maybe four and a half feet away from me. And so Demetrius puts down his belt, and he comes and stands beside me. He puts his arm around my neck, and I literally picked him up like (laughs) a little kid. And I'm holding him in my arms, and the place went crazy. Like, everybody was cheering and screaming and... I'm standing there holding the UFC champ in my arms, and I got a couple of pictures. And for me, that was such an awesome moment because I felt awesome. like the champ in that moment, and uh, no one else would have ever thought no. of that. I don't think anyone ever has thought of that. But Sean and I still talk about it. Like whenever yeah. we see Demetrius Johnson on something, I'm
0: like, "Remember when Melissa picked him <laughs> up?" Literally.
1: Exactly. And so, I've talked about it on Periscope too when I'm doing my cage side news stuff on there. Yeah. So it was pretty. It was a pretty awesome moment. It and, was. Yeah. Yeah. And even meeting Rory and. And you know, you and I have talked about this as well. So Rory is our Canadian fighter. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were standing in line and they had just arrived and he literally looked like a deer caught in the headlights. Like he seemed so shy and introverted. And I thought, how is this guy a UFC fighter? Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he didn't look, he was very unassuming. I don't know how you perceived him but. yeah
0: yeah it, it was interesting so um, they came in upstairs and so my husband and I and his friend were standing upstairs and he came and i would never met any UFC fighters before um I'm a huge fan of the UFC I was so excited you know and I'm one of these people that I always like to support local talent I'm yes. really I love to support whether it's the UFC music mm-hmm. food whatever it is I'm all about supporting my fellow Canadians. Right. And so when I saw him, I got really excited. And I was like, Rory, oh my God. And he kind of was looking at me like, do I know you? And <laughs> like, I was like, are you my neighbor from like down the road? Yeah. So and I was are. like, dial it back, Kyla. I'm like, this guy doesn't know you. And I realized, you know, when I saw him and I'm like, man, this guy's shy. Yeah. And I almost felt, you know, my husband's quite shy too. And, you know, after, after every, after we left and stuff, we were talking. I said, you know, I almost felt guilty, you know, talking to Rory because you could tell he really didn't want to be there. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys that loves fighting and really loves that part of it, but isn't necessarily comfortable with all, all right. these people. He realizes right. that it's part of the job because you got to promote yourself, you got to exactly. promote the fights. You have to do it, mm-hmm. it's your obligation. It is. But it's not really his favorite part of the game and i I kind of felt a bit bad because you know with my husband really being really shy i Mm -hmm. understand it i get it i know what it's like you can't just make yourself not be shy you know well and
1: i can i can understand i mean even us as fans standing Mm in a it was a really small venue and you know it gets a bit overwhelming just from a fan perspective when you're standing there with you know over 200 guys who are all like rapid fans. You're like, oh, I'm going to meet the champ. And there's a lot of testosterone. Totally. And I just remember him being so quiet. But as a fighter, he he is still a bit more reserved and quiet. But when Mm -hmm. he lets loose in the ring, like that fight between him and Robbie Lawler, that was an all out war. That That wasn't even a fight. That was just a war. And Totally. So for me, when I watched that fight (laughs) after meeting him in person, it's such a different perspective Mm -hmm. when you see these guys and I mean we met Tyrone Woodley that night as well and he's like a total comedian I mean yeah him and I went like face to face you know battling it out with the stare down and he kept making all these jokes and comments like you know not flirting with me because he's married but in a sense you know being being the man Mm -hmm. and I couldn't help but crack up he broke my stare just from doing that (laughs) Wow, he's disarmed me just by his charm, so... Yeah, Demetrius Johnson was, you know, really funny, and and
0: I was just amazed at how they're so friendly. They are, You know, both Tyrone Woodley... I mean, Rory McDonald was too, but it's just he was more shy, but, you know, Tyrone Woodley and Demetrius Johnson, they're so, you know, funny and, and friendly, and you could tell that they... They really actually seem to enjoy meeting right. their fans because they realize that listen, we're the ones buying the tickets. We're exactly. the ones supporting you know, paying them for fight pass. Yeah. If it wasn't for people watching, mm-hmm.
1: they wouldn't. Really I'm sure they'd still. Yeah, and they, that's the thing. They wouldn't mm-hmm. be making money. I mean, sure, I'm sure they would still be fighting. Mm-hmm. But it's just how much of the job is still involved with meeting people and being totally. out there. And I think, you know, if you look at Rory's track record, that was still, he was still pretty green as far as For sure. promoting himself at that point. That was, yeah. I think, <clears throat> I know he fought in 2011 um, in Vancouver as well, but that was still when he was really kind of just yeah. breaking into the UFC. So, and I've noticed he seems a lot more comfortable now in his interviews and stuff. So Totally. He's, but you know, again, it comes with maturity and fighting and exactly. being part of the UFC. And I'm, I'm gonna guess they probably have media training for these guys. I think so too. Yeah.
0: I think they must. And he's, you know, he's 26 years old now, and he's still pretty young. Him? Oh my god! Yeah, he's 26. That I means he was so
1: much. He was such a baby when he fought the first time in I Vancouver. Know. So young. Wow. And I... apparently,
0: I think he just had a baby with his girlfriend. Oh wow. Um, I believe in June or something. So yeah, he's still pretty young. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think he's gotten more comfortable now. You know i think uh yeah i mean it's part of the job they've got to go out there and promote the fights and stuff they do yeah it 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 is what it is but yeah i I was really glad to to be able to get to meet them because i think we were talking about um you know we talked about how we got into the ufc is that you know i had this perspective of of that a lot of these men and women that they they were just sort of like these almost like ogres and people that just Mm -hmm. you know just like to fight and and I just didn't really see them as people but you know watching uh you know the embedded videos and getting to meet some of the fighters and seeing them do media stuff is you know a lot of these men and women like there's some really smart cookies out there they've got other businesses for sure yeah you know other careers and Mm -hmm. things um they've got things they're doing on the side and
1: you know they've got families they're people just like you and me they just gotta really They have a, well, they have a tough job and, but at the same time, they're all, they're athletes, the professional Mm -hmm. athletes. And I think, you know, for myself as a fan, watching them struggle and, and seeing how they can do it. And, you know, they spend all their time doing that. Even some of the ones, you know, when you hear Nick and Nate Diaz talking and how Mm -hmm. they've come from nothing and look where they are. And it's I feel bad sometimes for them because when you hear their personal story and their struggle and you know, I can understand why um, they get so against some of the other fighters like Conor McGregor Mm -hmm. or GSP who seem to have it all, but they fail to sometimes understand too, that those guys probably came from nothing and fought just as hard. It's just, they were really smart about how they got sponsorships Mm -hmm. and, You know conor mcgregor people love him and love him and hate him but that's right he he is a mastermind of marketing himself and making sure that he gets the best money the best Mm -hmm. promoters the best fight team absolutely you can't blame him he's a good he's a good fighter and he's a good business i think he's a better businessman than he is a fighter and i mean that in the sense of he is his own business absolutely and he's really good at marketing himself and it's also
0: too you know you think about it it's also appearance because you know some of these guys like and some of the fighters are like the best they're the ones that you know they dress nicely like Mm -hmm. when i think of conor mcgregor he wears a suit he wears a three-piece suit yeah and he's always got his you know gold uh watches on and he's Mm -hmm. got his jewelry and he's always looking really really sharp so and he's always you know he's got 10 cars right well i mean
1: i'm sure the 10 cars came with him fighting for the money, which he, and I'm sure he didn't start off with 10 cars, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's making people respect you for who you are. And, you know, looks aren't everything, but they do make a big difference, right? If you come in wearing a hoodie and you're all angry and swearing and miserable, people Mm -hmm. aren't going to treat, even though you may be just as smart as the other guy, you're going to be treated with a lot less respect in most cases because you're not you're not commanding and demanding respect so exactly I find that part of the whole fight scene very interesting to watch me as too well. so yeah it's, me too yeah
0: it's interesting um so I think we were talking about this before but apparently at least I was doing some research and as of 2014 uh allegedly that 27 percent of UFC fans are female which I find really interesting um that's actually a fairly high number
1: I would say it is I would say It is. And it's a bit, I I wouldn't say it's surprising necessarily because as female fans, Mm -hmm. but I find even now, and I mean, I've been watching the UFC, like I said, since about 2007, Mm -hmm. most of the people that I know are always shocked or people who meet me are always shocked to find out that I'm a UFC fan. I'm also a huge Disney fan. Mm -hmm. So the two don't seem to be anything that would correlate together, right? It's like you're a Disney fan, but you like to watch people Bust each other's head open. How does that correlate? But it's 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 hard to explain to some Mm -hmm. people who think that the UFC is all just about violence and you know fighting each other. And it is to a very big extent. But it's also sportsmanship and you know there's rules and these guys train really hard and exactly. I think as female fans, you know even guys tend to treat us a little differently, like, oh, Absolutely. how you can't be serious about being a fan. It's like, well, actually, yeah, I am a serious fan, and maybe yes. I don't remember every fighter's name, and I'm sure you don't either, no. but at the same time I'm like I have my favorite fighters I mm-hmm. get just as into a fight if not more so I mean you and I have watched a few fights live Absolutely, we're, we're both cheering and screaming sometimes more than the guys are absolutely but that's because we love it so much
0: so and we're gonna actually be watching UFC 200 together we which are I'm so, so excited we're gonna go I'm so to a bar excited my birthday is July 10th so it's yes. actually the day before my birthday I'm like what a it, way to celebrate it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be so much fun yeah. but I have the same reaction as you is that you know you know friends and family they're like you know how do you like the UFC like you're mm-hmm. such a a nice person I always hear you're such a nice person mm-hmm. but I'm the same as you where of course I love the fights and everything but you know what I also really like is that I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to the stuff because I'm always interested in the behind the scenes mm-hmm. Like, how did they get to the octagon? You know, I love hearing about, you know, the weight cutting. Yes. Um, you know, how they how they cut I, don't underst- I still don't I understand don't, the weight I cut. <laughs> like, I could never Some do it. I could never do it. Some of these
1: guys, when you see how much weight they cut, I'm like, it's crazy. how are you still... And I know coming up with... That's actually something that with UFC 200, Kevin Gastelum... Or sorry, Kelvin. I always say Kevin. Kelvin <laughs> Gastelum and Johnny Hendricks have both had problems with weight cuts in mm-hmm. the past and medical problems into like how long can your body take that but it's you know i i guess they just have to do it but absolutely it's crazy yeah Yeah, it's
0: something i i could never do as a matter of fact i was reading um an article and uh was it chris i think it was cyborg who Mm -hmm. had i was weighing 175 in january and oh. she's going to be fighting at it coming up and she has to go down to 145. She's now weighing That's 145. 30 pounds less. 30 pounds in six months. And how that, does she still
1: maintain all the muscle?
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. So there's actually Instagram photos. Mm-hmm. There's about six photos of showing her losing all the weight. losing all the weight. And I think as women, it's harder to lose weight as well for us because mm-hmm. we naturally have more body fat than yes. the men do. Yeah, and so I think it's a lot tougher for women. I'm to sure fight. it is. Well, and it,
1: if you look at most of the women, I mean, Chris Cyborg weighing 175 pounds seems astronomical, but at the same time, it's probably mostly muscle. But mm-hmm. let's you know, even Ronda Rousey, for example, her normal walking around weight is probably about 155, I but she so. fights at 135. So. If you're cutting 20 pounds of weight in a very short time frame, that your body can't take that forever. And I I mean, I always, that's one of the things I've always wondered, because I know they do it in boxing as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they do it because they want to fight at that weight and they think that the, I I mean, and assuming the mentality is that because you're fighting at a lighter weight and you train heavier, your body can react faster. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But my thought on it is, okay, you're now hurting your body to lose weight in such a short time frame, I would think that you'd be weaker Mm -hmm. fighting, I'm sure you weigh less, but I would think that you're weakened versus your stronger self. Why not just fight at your regular body weight? Like if you normally actively weigh, you know, 175 pounds as a guy and you're very fit and you're still training at that weight, why not just fight at that weight?
0: Yeah, I've always wondered that too. And and that's, that's the kind of thing where you know, there's so much science that goes into it and, and mm-hmm. so much stuff. And, and I've always wanted that too, personally, because I'll tell you this much, don't really if I was a fighter, about
1: much. they don't, no, no they don't it's talk It's like about a it secret, a secret world of it weight is. cutting. We'll have to, well, you'll have to investigate it more, but uh, that maybe, maybe that'll be on mm-hmm. a future podcast. Yeah, for sure. But absolutely. That, that could be, that yeah. could absolutely be a topic. Yeah. But I'm wondering back to the women cutting weight, you know does it give and and I you and I kind of discussed this before for women fighters it seems now that they've become prominent in the UFC I feel sometimes that they are set up to they have to be a role model and that they're put mm-hmm. there's more pressure on them to be you know not just a good fighter but they have to present women mm-hmm. and you know they already fight and struggle enough just to become a UFC fighter totally. and fight against men and and train with men mm-hmm. um But I'm wondering if, you know, there's the two sides of this. Women UFC fighters give a healthy attitude to training and being physically fit, and they look amazing. Absolutely. But then when you have this weight-cutting situation and they're forcing themselves to be this ideal weight to fit into a weight class, there's that flip side of it of how does that work to... Oops, sorry, I just hit my hand on the (laughs) table. Um, How does that work to body image? And, you know, and even from a guy's perspective, right, it's like... Is it unhealthy to be your normal body weight versus your fighting weight?
0: You know, it's it's interesting. I was talking to my husband about this and I was saying one of the things actually that I really love about the the UFC and and women in the UFC is that I feel like I don't want to say it's redefining um, what's considered beautiful. But what Mm -hmm. I love is that, you know, it's always been, you know, with models that, you know, the women are, are really skinny and Or maybe you have like really huge boobs and a a big bum and a small waist. Whereas these women are really muscular. And you look, I mean, I've been watching The Ultimate Fighter with, by the way, I'm excited for the fight, with Georgiana versus Claudia. Yes, that'll be interesting. And you look at Claudia and a lot of men find her really attractive. But when you look, she has very big shoulders and Mm -hmm. big arm muscles. And that's not really normally considered to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. But what I'm loving is that you know, women are looking at this and you can kind of look and say, okay, maybe I'm, mm-hmm. maybe I'm athletic, maybe I'm really fit and I've got big muscles. That's still considered beautiful. Basically, whatever you are, that can still exactly. be beautiful. Yep. And that you don't need to be this, you know, skinny mini, or you don't mm-hmm. need to be, you know, cause I see, it seems like nowadays it's this whole thing of that women need to have really large breasts a really huge bum and a
1: tiny waist. You, which, you need to be a Kardashian. Exactly,
0: <laughs> you took the words. I didn't want to use
1: the word, but exactly. sorry, Kardashians. You know what? You're all beautiful in your own right. No offense exactly. to them, but that's but you're right. right. There's there's definitely and and the ideal shift, and I think. The women in the UFC, there's such a diversity in how they um, look. Absolutely. And even in the same weight class. I mean, when you yes. look at some of the women, you're like, how, I know. How do you both weigh the same amount? It's it, it's just mind-boggling. And even for guys, when absolutely. You look sometimes at the guys, and I wonder to myself, okay, you just weighed in at this, and I, I know once they've weighed in, then they probably just go on this binge absolutely. and eat as much as they can before mm-hmm. the fight, but. Which I also wonder how that does on their digestive system, but oh, that's a whole other thing. Absolutely, so um, healthy, I guarantee. I can't that. imagine it is, no. but but then when you see some of the variances, like you know, one guy's five foot ten and the other guy's five foot eight, but they're like the difference in their leg Absolutely. muscles versus their like how they carry the weight and stuff. It's very fascinating, but. I agree with and, you. And the same with the women, right? Like They all look different. Totally. And, and they're all still beautiful in their own right. And, Absolutely. Yeah. I always find that interesting too, is
0: that when it's pretty rare, I mean, that this happens It's pretty much every single time you see people, whether it's men or women in the octagon, mm-hmm. is that you're right. They're pretty much the same weight, but yet they look completely different. They do. Even if sometimes they're around the same height. They just carry that weight differently yeah um you know like you said maybe you know one maybe they're really big up top and the other Mm -hmm. person has bigger legs but i always find that so fascinating and you know this is something again this is the geeky side of me is that i always wish so you know how they have to weigh in before a fight yes is that i really wish and this is just for my curiosity it's all about me Mm -hmm. is i'd love to see them weigh before they step into the octagon so as oh, so
1: you, their, the so you can see the difference, so if they weigh in at 155, exactly. how much do they actually weigh the minute they step in the octagon? I'm going to guess some of those guys put back on 20 pounds, like, and the weigh-ins are always the day before, yes. so I would guess that they probably put on 20 pounds probably. in a matter of like 12 hours. Now a lot of that's water weight. It is. which. Even so, like, you're dehydrating. Like, sometimes when I see the weigh-ins and I see how emaciated these dehydrated, they look like the life has been sucked out of them. It's it's You're crazy. like, how it's are you horrible. even standing on the scale right now? Or I having know. energy to fight each other. That's, that's always funny when they it fight is. each other at the weigh-in. It, blow,
0: it blows me away. But I guess...
1: I can see why they would fight in the way in though, because they're so hungry and angry that they're just like... It's like a woman on a diet, right? Absolutely. You're like, I need food! And <laughs> you're like, you're in my face and I want pasta! Yeah, that's, pro- yeah. Yeah, that's probably the you reason gotta why wonder they get if so that's angry. A little bit, And I'm sure it's probably why they go a little crazy, right? You're, you're dehydrated, starving, and... You're in a you're going to fight this person, so anything is exacerbated totally. because you're angry and hungry. Absolutely, they're hangry. They're, yeah, they're hangry. hangry. Oh my god, they're hangry. They're totally. Awesome.
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> hangry. Hangry in the UFC. I
0: always I always feel bad because it's always the you know the main usually it's the main event maybe also the co-main event where mm-hmm. after they step off the scale and they do their face-off that then Joe Rogan, whoever interviews them, and I always feel bad and like let them eat for yeah. God's
1: sake. Let them <laughs> They're
0: get there. They're probably thinking
1: the same thing. They're like, somebody get me a Gatorade or yeah, get me exactly. some water, right? And and you know it's it's I guess it's part of the game, right? They totally. have to do the press conferences and they have Absolutely. to do all of the weigh ins and all that stuff because that's part of the sport. It and is. You know, I find it's uh, there's been a lot of sh- changes obviously with the, the UFC mm-hmm. recently and and it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. If you go back and look at some of the older UFC fights, yes. It was just so un- it was so much less edited and raw. Like yeah. you got to see all of the, you know, the ringside discussions between mm-hmm. the fighters, which that's a big part of the fight and totally. I I find now especially with not the pay-per-view because they still show that, but on the Fox UFC mm-hmm. fight night how they've cut all that out you don't see the ringside discussions yeah. and you don't get to see what's going on it's like okay the round starts and boom they're going and then it stops and yeah, they're going crazy. to a commercial so the commercialization of the UFC I think is gonna be a big shift in how we get to see it so totally yeah yeah
0: and UFC so the UFC is coming to Vancouver you guys it's gonna be on Fox Sports 1 I believe and yes. it's on August 27th so Melissa and I are actually going to be there. The tickets we go are. on sale, I think July, July 15th. 15th. I have it so, in my calendar. Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah have, that's right. I don't and care what I have to do. Oh, they go on sale at 10 o'clock. I it's am going like, to I'm buy there. a ticket. Yes. So we're going to definitely be there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're running out of time. So we're going to have to end this. But I got to say, we just scratched the surface. I mean, there Anybody are else? so many other things that we need to discuss. So you're going to definitely be back on on for sure that would be
1: awesome I'd love we're, to come back and back discuss on, more with you
0: absolutely and I think we're going to also have to do another um podcast around the uh fight card on August 27th as well we yes. can talk about our experience
1: who our favorite um, fighters are hopefully we
0: can meet some of the fighters and get some photos um Paige Van Zandt and Beck Rawlings are um one of the fights that, that are going to be there and I'd love to. I like very So do very I. Interesting. She's, a, she's a scrappy one. Yes. And so I'd love to be able to get to chat with uh, some of the female um, UFC fighters or MMA fighters in general and get their perspective because there's a lot of things I'd love to ask. So I want to say thank you, Melissa, for being on here. This has been so much fun and I feel like we could have talked for another two we hours. Probably, probably. could. We well, probably and, could have.
1: Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, and I definitely look forward to all the yes. upcoming fights and our, me you know, too. doing another podcast. You'll with be back for sure. many, many times. Yes. So
0: most of people want to because, of course, you're funny and.
1: Thank you. You. <laughs> you
0: have so much to say. So, if people want to follow you on social media, how can they get in touch with you? Well, that's a
1: good question. So, I actually am on Twitter, and I'm also on Periscope. So, if you want to look, I, my name is the same on both. So it's Mel M E L, aka Big Sexy. So, my Twitter awesome. handle and my Periscope handle are both the same. And, awesome. Uh, You know, if you really can't find me, it's Melissa Maan, M-A-A-N. And yeah, I I will probably be doing more periscopes as we get closer to the UFC myself. Awesome. That's great. Yes. And again, you guys probably know, but I'll say it again.
0: You guys can get a hold of me at Kyla Koop, K-A-I-L-A, K-O-O-P. You can get a hold of me on Twitter. Um, Also, I started Snapchatting you guys. Um, so I'm on Snapchat as well. And Periscope. I, I, I haven't Snapchatted yet. I, I, I started Snapchat, I, trust me. I really still don't know what I'm doing with it, but I'm trying. Uh, one of my friends uh, has been doing a lot of it and said, girl, you need to get on that. So I'm on it. Awesome. So thank you guys so much. So we will be back next week. Take care, you guys.